I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I'm your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we've been working through in mostly chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing The Private Lives of Pippa Lee. I'm happy to welcome back Lexi Van Dyke to the show to discuss the romantic comedy drama uh, from Rebecca Miller. Uh, how's it going, Lexi? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Doing pretty good. Uh, happy to have you back. Uh, so, you know, we've been through, uh, you're a fan of Keanu, so we don't need to do that again. <laughs> but uh, had you uh, seen this movie before I asked you on? I had not seen this movie, but I remember when this movie was in production, it was kind of a big deal because I, th- I believe the book, because she, I believe she wrote the book also, Rebecca Miller. And the, I remember the book being a big deal as kind of like one of those like bestseller type movie uh, type books, kind of like Gone Girl. And so I remember when they were making this movie, it was a really big deal because of, you know, uh, the power of the book and how uh, how successful it was. And then just the entire cast that came on board to make this movie. Right, for sure. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I didn't, I don't remember that, but I do remember, I mean, as I prepared for it, I, uh, learned that and that was really, uh, cool and, uh, I was excited to watch it. I hadn't, you know, I, I think I remember seeing the trailer actually and, uh, you know, being interested in it, obviously, uh. Yeah, John Reeves, uh, clearly I'm a fan, but uh, this was one of those trailers the, that would pop up a lot on like VHSs or like DVDs. Like for sure, before uh, you could top, yeah. <laughs> before you could like go straight to the menu, this was definitely one of those trailers that popped up a lot. Right, and uh, just I mean, obviously the cast is really great and interesting, and uh, I yeah, so I was excited to uh, finally watch it, and uh, I'm glad I did because I ended up uh, enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, what about you? Did you enjoy it? Um, I think I enjoyed parts of it, and I. Um, I appreciated kind of the looking into an older woman's perspective on life and, you know, sure, and sure. because, because, because older actresses tend to not get a lot of focus. And, uh, I think Robin Wright is really an amazing actress and she doesn't, and she's kind of, uh, made a comeback in the last couple of years. And so it's really great to kind of see her in this role. And I think she's really fantastic in it. I think like it's a lot of the storytelling and the, and the, and how they focus the story is kind of my biggest issue. Although I, I do like a lot of the acting and the relationships that happen in the movie. Yeah, I think, I mean, this isn't necessarily my uh, go-to kind of movie. But, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think what I enjoyed about it was just seeing uh, just 
uh, from a different perspective, I guess. It was just like, uh, I, I don't think it, re- it didn't really resonate with me super personally, but I feel like I could see uh, it very easily resonating with people if they have maybe uh, a more similar experience to the film. Yeah, I'm sure. Sh- uh, but I guess it was really just uh, this kind of story told from this perspective is not something... Uh, we get a get very much. No, and I think like at the time the book came out, and I and and I think and when the movie came out, it hit at a time when a lot of baby boomers were po- possibly like looking back on their lives. And I know that dexedrine abuse abuse with women was really prevalent during the time when they flash back to uh, Pippa's. Um, childhood with her mom and i think that that probably is what resonated so so much with people when the book came out and uh in this in this movie it's uh kind of a focus yeah and i think yeah for sure that and then also i just think yeah like that uh sadly we don't get very many movies that are about women that are also written and directed by a woman and so i you know i, I appreciated that too that like just this kind of story, you know, especially the, uh, we get a lot of movies about men about, you know, the, yeah. dealing with, uh, this kind of thing of them, you know, showing their troubled childhood. Exactly. And, it's like Woody uh, Allen's entire like, filmography. <laughs> exactly. And so seeing this, uh, very personal voiceover film from, uh, the, of a middle-aged woman is just really interesting. And, uh, as much as, uh, and it's just kind of a, it's interesting the way it plays with, uh, you know, the flashbacks and stuff is pretty interesting. Yeah, I I think that the parts with, Ro- that focus on Robin Wright in, in the present are the most powerful um, as she's yeah. going through. So she's basically um, living out her trauma of dealing with a mother who suffered from like dexedrine abuse, which dexedrine is basically an appetite suppressant, but it's also like basically kind of crack. And so um, her mom, right. in order for her mom to stay skinny, she would use this in order to keep up her energy. So um, she's kind of dealing with the, the, the ripples of that later on in life by, Becoming a like uh, a sleep eater, which I found very interesting that that's where it would pop up. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and I I guess uh, I think the flashback stuff actually worked better in the second half of the movie because in the first half it kind of felt like especially the first flashback it made me think that this is going to be a different kind of movie like yeah. more of a outright comedy because it starts with like or almost it almost gave me like a. Uh, big fish shirt, you know, that kind of vibe it, where it's like, yeah, that, it's going to be this offbeat that's, flashback. That's she said, really you know. true. It does really feel like big fish at the beginning when she's like doing that voiceover, but that voiceover goes away. And that's something that always bothers me in movies is like when they start off with voiceover, but then it, 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 you know, it goes away and then it sometimes comes back in the end. I think you either have to keep it going or don't do it at all. Right. And I, I think, uh, that would be, it's like, if the, I think, and then in the second half when it does come back, I think that part of it works better than the first part yeah. of it did. But it's like, I agree with you that, like, it's weird when it disappeared and it kind of became a different sort of voiceover in yeah. the later part of the movie that, because, uh, I mean, it she, uh, we might as well, you know, get into it a little bit. Like, when she said, like, her first thing is, like, that she says uh, she was covered in fur when she yeah. was born or something <laughs> like that. That's what made me think, like, oh, this is that kind of movie. And then. 
it quickly becomes clear that no, it's not. It's uh, it's more of a grounded uh, type of film, except there's one scene which we'll talk about yeah. a little bit that gets a little more uh, fantastical. But yeah, and I think that the probably the the biggest issue that this movie has is the tone. It can't quite either, like you're saying, be funny and like whimsical or be serious it kind of fluctuates all over and there's movies that can do that but it doesn't quite work here because it's bouncing all over the place yeah and I, and I think it like it's the fact that it's uh it's kind of a, it's a pretty short movie as well so it's not like a lot of movies that balance those uh disparate tones are usually I'm not saying it needed to be longer but it's just like <laughs> I feel like it could have it could have uh fleshed out some of that the, the more dramatic parts a little more uh yeah i think that uh, also it needed to have a more focused flashback i think the flashback like i could have gone without the flashback where you know it's julianne moore taking pictures of her and she when she runs away with her aunt i think that's kind of a weird part that didn't necessarily need to be in the movie I guess you're yeah. kind of getting an idea yeah. of her, the middle part of her life, but I don't think it really, you could have cut that out. And I think that the movie as a whole would have been more concise. Yeah. Or at least uh, maybe uh, dealt with it a little more because it kind of just throws it in there. Yeah, and then, like, exactly. Yeah. And and then they, they, they never really, I'm sure it's one of those things where adapting a book is hard enough and adapting your own book's got to be. Yeah a whole you know, different situation because she probably figures that, oh, maybe maybe partially she was making the movie for people that have read the book. And that's, uh, you know, that it's, maybe she just flushed that stuff out a little more. But yeah, as it is, it's kind of feels like, it's, it says that's what caused her aunt, or to her not live with her aunt anymore. But it's weird because that makes you think like, did her aunt, was her aunt mad at her, not her girlfriend for doing that yeah it, it, it like seems like her aunt had like that two minutes you get with the aunt it seems like she has a really strong head on her shoulders and then she like sees her partner taking pictures of pippa and she like kicks pippa out it seems like a very odd choice yeah for sure uh and i uh so yeah the movie basically uh it is structured with these flashbacks and i think i think it does a good job even if the flashbacks like you said don't all necessarily uh, need to be there. I think the way I like the way it, um, the way it flashes back is like she'll see something or experience something that reminds her of, uh, you know, of a past experience, and it usually does the flashbacks with uh, match cuts. So like there'll be a part where they'll show uh, she sees a cake, and then that reminds her of uh, a cake. And there's even some more interesting ones later on. But uh, so I, even if the flashbacks don't always work, I think I liked the way that they were handled at least the the uh when she is triggered to flashback yeah i think it's um filmed really well i think it looks really good as you're saying with the batch cuts going back to the flashbacks i think that's like it's probably one of the most effective ways of doing like a flashback and it works really well here i think the ratio of current story to flashback you know i think is pretty even which is always good because right. sometimes it's like you get like a little flashback in it and it just sets the context for those little things. And you're like, but they couldn't, they have just described this rather than showing a flashback. So I think it works better 
in the kind of right. the ratio of maybe about 50 or 40 to 60 or something like that. Yeah, or on the other co- other side of that coin where it would be too much flashback where yeah. you like forget what you were doing in the <laughs> it, it, I don't think I think it does a good job of handling that of like uh spending enough time with because Robin Wright again like you said is probably I mean her performance is really good and seeing her uh and uh and then also uh Blake Lively does a pretty good job too as uh young Pippa even if the scenes don't necessarily work I think uh but the later scenes with her are she does a good job mm-hmm. of, uh, and everyone's really good in this. I don't think there's a bad performance among them. I mean, yeah, I love Julianne the- Moore's character doesn't feel necessary, <laughs> but her, even her performance, like you can yeah. see why she'd maybe want to do that character. But yeah, uh, I love Maria Bello playing the mom, the like kind of crazy mom. Like she really like gets into that character, and I, I like the. Um, the kind of reflection on how she is, she was with her mom and how her daughter is with her throughout the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, the, I think those are the, I think, yeah, I think that's the most powerful part yeah, like, uh, of the movie. And I honestly wish they had delved into that a little more. Me too. I think if they had flushed that out with, and maybe perhaps had some flashbacks of her and the daughter, um, a lot, if maybe perhaps they had cut out that part with Julianne Moore and, you know, limited back the flashbacks with her and Ellen Arkin and kind of fleshed out more of their past relationship with her daughter, I think it would have felt more balanced in that this, like, uh, and this basically the story is like showing how you develop generational scars from your parents and, and right. how you push that onto your kids. That's kind of like a, Definitely. A, a part of the story. It's not the whole focus, um, but I think that's a big part of it. And I think if they had flushed that out a little bit more with Zoe Kazan, um, I think it would have been stronger. Although I love the scene at the end with her and um, uh, with Robin Wright and Zoe Kazan in like the window cell and they're talking it out after Alan Arkin has a heart attack because um, Zoe Kazan is basically her favorite parent is the dad, and it's very cold to her mom. So when she realizes her dad's no longer going to be around, she opens up to her mother, and they like uh, they you know connect on a level they hadn't before. And I think that is just such a beautiful scene. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what I, I think as it is is it's it's a good movie, but I think it I think what's almost it's a little frustrating because you can see there being a great film out of there. Like you could see uh, if they had, again, kind of picked one that if they had focused more on that, because it's clearly what uh, if, at least for my, uh, for my take of it is that that's clearly what's effective uh, the most and what the director, what uh, Rebecca Miller seems to be most, uh, it seems to be what her uh, statement she's trying to make with the movie is, is that how uh, like, yeah, like she had a damaged relationship with her mother and so she, she, there's even a line where she, uh, she's confiding in uh, Keanu, who plays, uh, which we'll talk about him in a minute, but yeah. uh, where she says that, you know, that she, because of how her mom was very, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of, she says, like, suffocated her. Yeah. Uh, she tried to, she didn't want to, she didn't want to do that to her own daughter to the point where she started alienating herself from her. Yeah. That she, like... Was she did she overcorrected right she yeah. like 
Uh, and so that scene, and then again, those final scenes with her and uh, are definitely the most uh, emotionally resonant parts of the film. And that I feel like if it had noticed that before and maybe flushed, and maybe the book does, I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. but maybe it does uh, flush that out more and it would have been uh, a more effective film overall. But I think in the end, I like those scenes still got to me. I think it's just because of how well acted they are and again, how uh, well written and shot they are as well. Yeah, and I I think that the the casting of Blake Lively as a young Robin Wright is really good casting because they both have this really like soft energy that that kind of brings you in, like you you like want to talk to them more, like they have these right. little ways of smiling. So I think that's really like really great casting, and um, I. I have to say that I, I I was interested to hear that you liked the flashbacks at the end more than the beginning, and I wanted to hear why you liked them better because I like the ones at the beginning better. I don't really like the ones with uh, where she meets Alan Arkin as much. Yeah, I I guess I just meant more like the uh, the scenes where like I just I think it was just because how good Blake Lively was in those scenes. Yeah, I guess it is a little uh, again. I think it. Because those the, the stuff with her about why she uh, you know ended up marrying an older man I don't think they're bad but I think they're not as effective as uh, again like we've said with the the mother daughter yeah uh, parts and I think it really bo- it really bothered me that they had Alan Arkin playing both both parts like a younger version of himself and an older and basically looking almost exactly the same when they had a different actress to play Pippa. It was it was really right. offsetting to me in a way. I was like, they couldn't have gotten some like kind of older actor to kind of play him. I guess he's kind of he has a very interesting face, so maybe it was like harder to cast someone that would be a younger him. But it was really unsettling to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, especially cause, yeah, and this is in uh, 2010, 2011, so yeah. uh, it's an even younger Blake Lively with yeah, with Al- yeah. And yeah, it looks I, like, I that, like he's that. like her grandfather. Like it's like that apparent, right? Which again is part of what the. I mean, I, I see. Yeah, I think they could have they could have easily gotten an actor in their forties instead of <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, or at least even in their fit. But I guess it's. I mean, they could have even got. He has a son. They could have. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Even though they, he's like a foot taller than him, but uh, anyway, but don't you uh, shrink as you get older? Isn't that the the old wives' tale? Right, uh, <laughs> and and uh, so yeah, the I guess we there's really to talk more about the, those scenes is that uh, so yeah, basically the, the film is about her, uh, you know, being married to this much older man, and uh, I think the. Uh, I think part of what that is is the, you know, she says that she's, which we discovered through this flashback with, uh, basically that she, uh, she ran away from home, uh, because her mom was, you know, uh, abusive, uh, emotionally. And so when she ended up again, doing the same thing with her, you know, doing, making the same things where she, uh, became, you know, started just using drugs and being, uh, trying not to commit to anything and just, you know, being, and then she meets this. Uh, older guy who then uh, she basically reveals that like Pippa reveals it like she wanted to feel secure like because her yeah. whole life she had felt that her mother was she was basically being a parent to her mother yeah and so 
she was kind of she found that this guy uh, could not you know could not necessarily take care of her, but could uh, just give her that security that she'd never felt before. And she says something like, "It wasn't the money; it was how." easy the money made everything yeah and and i think uh, that's really like it can be really relatable to people who've had a rough childhood when they like find something or someone and like sometimes it's older sometimes it's just for the money because they you know had such a rough life so i think that that's really that could be really relatable to people yeah and uh like her saying uh also like where um she said she started telling herself that this is what this was that she was happy uh, or that she, you know, but then uh, that it didn't cut until she had these kids that she, or these twins that she realized that she could like believe the lie or like yeah. that, you know, that she was telling herself that like uh, she could, she could play the part now because she did love these kids and she even loves uh, Herb in his own, in his own way uh, or in her own way. It's not necessarily a, uh, she's not necessarily in love with him, but she definitely cares about him because and also because clearly because uh, that's how you know she had her kids with him so mm-hmm. uh and i think ultimately that's what this movie's about is her realizing that she doesn't need to feel uh guilt which we can talk about here in a minute which is a little which is an odd scene of where because uh, monica bellucci plays his other much younger wife his first much younger wife yeah, uh, i didn't and then because they they show monica bellucci kind of like from the side a lot and from afar, so you don't really know it's her until maybe until she's scene. been on yeah. screen for like five minutes, and you're like, "Holy cow, that's Monica Bellucci playing his ex-wife!" Like, it's like what? <laughs> that yeah. was one of uh, the like castings that I was just like, it took me aback. Well, yeah, because I remember for the first scene, I uh, was like, I thought that was her, but then I couldn't know for sure. And then I looked it up, and I'm like, "Oh no, that is her!" <laughs> uh, and then I saw, yeah, and then so I think if I hadn't looked it up. That scene where, uh, basically, she starts, uh, uh, you know, Herb and Pippa start uh, seeing each other, and then basically, uh, his current wife says uh, she'll let them get, or she'll she'll agree to do a divorce, a divorce if they meet for dinner. Yeah. Uh, and then this this scene is again, this scene feels like almost like it's from a different movie. Yes. Uh, the way like where she's uh, serving them like succulent pig, and there's a cow's head behind her and then she kills herself and it's like uh and again i i think they needed that you know that because they say that their marriage is basically based on this uh her feeling guilty for this woman killing herself mm-hmm. uh and but i feel like which was which is fine but the way they did it the way they shot it was very dramatic like it felt again like a melodrama almost where she's like or this surreal thing where she yeah uh and then you know shoots herself in the head so like it's it feels again it just feels like it's a lot it was very odd like i was i understand from the few minutes you get with monica or bellucci and like the background that uh blake lively kind of says you know is she's kind of like an art person and so i guess that's kind of the idea is that she's like a suffering artist so she killed herself in front of them but it's just Mm -hmm. so i don't it's so over the top I was just like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess it was for uh, earlier in the movie. There's a moment where she like, she says, uh, "Why can't we talk about her?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, I mean, as first you're supposed to think that that means that her mother. Yeah. But then again, you realize later where there's, and again, it feels like they were maybe trying to say that there's this mystery that they referred to a lot, but it was only in one scene. It's again, it's 
maybe it's a thing that was lost in the in the adaptation, right? Like maybe yeah, there was definitely. more of a mystery element where they have these conversations that we don't fully you only get pieces of until that final reveal. Yeah. Um but like I feel like it was her trying to be a little bit more uh expressionistic in her filmmaking and then it got a little bit lost where it's like it could have been a little bit uh more grounded as the rest of the movie seems to be, but yeah. uh it just it just seems to come out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, it's like it, it's like a paragraph with a that you know reads really well and then all of a sudden you get to one that's in all caps and explanation <laughs> points and then it goes back to being like a well formatted sentence. It's very off putting. Uh yeah, for sure. That's a great way to put it. Uh and so then it is really uh and then back to and then in the modern day it's uh her kind of realizing that uh you know as her husband's getting older and uh closer to death that she's like uh starting to I mean, I guess that's what where her sleepwalking is coming from is that uh, she's like uh, she's always felt uh, she's or she's been pretending so long for twenty five years now that she was like this different person and that she was trying basically not living her life, uh, and so the sleepwalking is a way of her kind of dealing with those feelings. Yeah, uh, it seemed like the beginning of her life was lived for her mother the middle of her life she just didn't want to think about anything so she it was partying and the, the the you know the later part of her life the most recent is just about her and her kids and so she's realizing as he's you know getting older and her kids are gone like what is her life going to be moving forward right and then this is where it leads to her meeting this uh you know guy that's younger than her uh played by uh, Keanu, it is a Keanu podcast. Yes, uh, so, it is. Uh, and I, uh, so I like, you know, I think, yeah, this is one of those uh, really good, like, I don't see anyone else being able to play this kind of character, uh, this kind of, you know, uh, man of few words, the spiritual guy that she's like, and this exciting guy that she hasn't, uh, you know, she hasn't been able to uh, experience yet. Like, this is the thing. That she kind of missed. Yeah. Uh, and I th- I think he's he's very interesting in this movie. And he's like almost, he's like really subdued at parts. And then he gets really angry at certain parts. So it's almost like he's, he's dealing with, like he's not sure how to deal with his own issues. So he like tries to hold it all down until he gets really upset and it kind of comes right. to the surface. Yeah. The scene where they uh, introduce him with, uh, where he's like in his, uh, mom's room, trying like his mom's basically trying to get like, uh, his mom explains to her before we meet him that like he, uh, you know, divorced his wife and is living in his car. Like he's some kind of, uh, monster slacker or something. But then later, uh, when they start to bond with, Pippa, he reveals, no, it's not, you know, it's like, my wife cheated on me, and there's yeah. this great, where he, probably my favorite scene of his in the movie, where he's like, which is them in the car, uh, when they go visit uh, her old home, and she said something about, he says something about, like, uh, it's because I'm an asshole, and I, yeah. I thought that was a, that was a funny scene. Yeah, and the, <laughs> when you see him in the room, and he has this giant, like, Jesus tattoo on his chest, <laughs> it's the f- funniest thing 
I saw that entire day because I was just like, what is going on? Why does he have this giant Jesus tattoo on his chest? Yeah. And then he throws a shirt on and then runs out the window, jumps out the window. Yeah. And then you realize that he had gone to seminary and he was religious and, you know, his wife was religious. And then he, you know, kind of saw through the facade of religion. And so she ended up cheating on him and it was, you know, and so that's kind of what he's, uh, that's kind of why he came home in order to, you know, reorganize his life again after everything kind of failed around him. Right. Uh, and then, and then, so she starts, you know, clearly uh, starts falling for, you know, get, having uh, these attractions to uh, Keanu. And uh, then she, then she discovers that uh, her husband, so before he uh, has his heart attack, he, she discovers that he's been cheating on her with, uh, Winona Ryder, who's also in the movie, which we, you know, we're a half hour into it now, revealing that uh, this is, so there is four movies that Keanu and Winona are in together. I know. Like I, they're never on screen. And she's kind film. of playing like this, like, frantic woman who's like, kind of on the edge of a nervous breakdown every time you see her. And it's, it's very weird because she's not, she's like, kind of like always shaking and she should, looks like she should be holding a cigarette like, all the time and just like, chain smoking. And it's so weird to see her, and she's only in the movie for like five, maybe five minutes. And right, yeah, and you fu- like the, yeah, and you find out and her, this- her and her, ahead, her and ahead. Herb are having an affair, and it's like really right. weird. <laughs> it's just not a yeah, weird there, choice. There is, it, it's kind of again. It's like it's it needed to happen, because, and again, maybe there was more because there's a there's one scene with her. Uh, and um, Ron Ryder's character, they seem to be like really good friends, but it seems like it's, it's really just, again, it's another thing that I could see that probably devote more time to it in a book than yes. they can in the movie. Um, but there is this one great moment where, uh, so after, uh, basically she takes this affair, she's not really upset, like she's kind of, yeah. kind of uh, relieved. It's like this big weight, and there's this funny, again, uh, I think it, it is a good moment where there's this like, uh, there's this cart- sudden animated scene where she's like passes the grief baton to uh, this new girl, but it's like again, it, it is a I think it's an effective moment, but again, it feels like it's from a different movie again. But yeah, I think the biggest thing when it comes to adapting a book to a film, like this, I'm not uh, you know reinventing the wheel here or anything by saying this, but it's always the trimming down of the narrative from the book to the movie, because, you know, in a book you can expand and expound as much as you want uh, for pages and pages, but in a movie, in order for it to all coherently work within the time you need, you got to trim it down to what you actually need to uh, make a coherent story. And I think that that's, especially because she's adapting her own book and she's directing it and she's writing the screenplay. You can see she was maybe a little bit too close to the material. Although I've seen way worse movies where, you know, it was self-adapted. So this is generally, you know, pretty decent. You know, I think you could have just made a few edits here and there. Right. Uh, Yeah. Again, I think that's what it comes down to is that like, it's, it is, I don't think it's by any means a bad movie, but it's just like, yeah, you can see the great movie in there that if maybe, Maybe if she had just written the screenplay and then gotten uh, another, or if she had just uh, maybe just realized that yeah, she needs to tell a little bit, at least add a little bit more details to 
fully uh, make those big moments count. Because as it is, but there is this great moment where uh, so when her, uh, they're at the hospital after uh, he's in a he's like in a brain dead state, and there's this moment where um, they show like like quick cut to she says like uh, that now this is uh, basically this is what Renona Ryder's going to have to deal with now, and then they yeah. cut to her. Uh, like huddled up on the couch in a fetal position, and that made me laugh. like that's just a <laughs> classic uh, Winona moment to me. But yeah, it's she's very good at playing those kind of neurotic characters, and here it just seems to be like like up to eleven, right? Uh, and so yeah, then that all basically. So now that uh, so as uh, so I, I, again, I like these, this moment with uh, her, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, the uh, where she has his heart-to-heart with uh, Zoe Kazan and her daughter, Grace, and, like, there's this... Because her throughout the movie, like, that uh, Grace is really distant, like, barely even looks at her mom, so clearly there's a very, you know, strained relationship there. And then... But that scene... It's probably the best scene in the movie, is that scene where she, uh, you know, breaks down... Zoe Kazan does a great job of going from, like, mad at her mom to, like, opening up to saying, like how bad she feels for being so mean to her mom. And like, there's this great, probably my favorite line of the movie. She says, uh, you know, she wants to be her friend. Uh, and then her mom says like something like, along the lines of, I'd be honored to be your friend. And yeah. she says, not honored, just happy. And that's like, again, that makes me think that I could, that hit me. I guess that's the, the reason why uh, I liked the movie, but I, I could see now that I talk about it more, I could, you know, it's a little frustrated that it could have been, that moment could have been uh, emotionally devastating instead of just yeah, kind of, they, oh, I like the sentence could have there. earned that moment a little bit more. And it was that moment where I was like, I wish I had seen more of them together. Like, I, I wish they had, you know, cut out the Julianne Moore stuff, kind of trimmed down the part of her meeting Alan Arkin and, like, kind of had some scenes of her, them growing up and her, like, kind of, you know, maybe kind of mirroring how her mother treated her and how she treats her daughter like in a kitchen or something somewhere where she's cleaning and you know Mm -hmm. her maybe her daughter like wants to you know help her clean and she's like no 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 and like kind of keeps her at a distance rather than keeping her always with her so i think you know it's in that moment where you're just like oh i just wish that there was just like a little bit more development here right like it is like i i I uh, appreciate the themes and the sentiment of it, but yeah, like it could have been, that could have been a moment that like doubled you over with uh, emotions of your, you know, your experiences with your parents like that, that, but it's, it doesn't quite get there and it's not, but again, it's still, I think it's still a, a, an effective scene, but it could have just been so much more. Yeah. And I think the, the, the part with the sleep eating, I think is very weird because they bring it up and it's like so prevalent at the beginning of the movie of her kind of uh, showing externalizing this trauma that she had with her mother. And then it just kind of goes away and they don't even show her like dealing with it. And I'm like, that's not really how it works. It doesn't just like sleep eating doesn't just go away. <laughs> Usually. Yeah, I, think the, I feel like the only real, the only real point of that, uh, plot point is that uh, so there's a moment where she has this dream that brings her to she ends up uh, basically sleep driving to uh, the gas station yeah. that uh, Keanu works at 
And so then that can be lead to the the final this final scene later scene where she uh, goes to the you know she just basically after uh, Herb dies she uh, says you know there's this voiceover where she starts saying like oh I'm gonna go live near my kids and then wait to be a grandmother and then I'll just uh, live my life that way and then she kind of just makes this decision no I'm gonna live for myself for the first time yeah and so she ends up back at the gas station and says. Uh, so she says, I'm awake. So it's clearly, that's the whole reason they had the, is for that line. It's for her to have that mirror of like, uh, she ended up, you know, she dreamed, she uh, slept drove to see him and now she's choosing to do this for herself. And it's like, that's really the only reason the sleepwalking thing is there so that she can have that line of, yeah, I'm it's, awake. Yeah, and, it, and it's not particularly earned. Like, I wish maybe we had seen a, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a therapist scene, but maybe, like, a few scenes of her trying out methods to help her or, you know, where she maybe goes to, like, a sleep therapy and then she has a, you know, a dream about and it turns into a flashback or something. Like, I think that they could have worked that in a little bit more if they really wanted to stick to that theme of the sleep eating, you know, is the externalizing of the trauma and going to her, you know, realizing that she wants to live her life for herself. Like, there's the, there, there's a, just small things that they could have done to, like, have that through line go all the way to the end of the movie and kind of connect all the dots. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, so then uh, the final scenes of the movie here are, like, she uh, basically reveals to her kids that she's going to, like, go on a trip with this guy that she just met, and they're like... But I, I love this moment where... Uh, like, so the, her, uh, her son is very much, you know, very close to him. Uh, and so then they kind of switch roles in the ending here where like, yeah. uh, the, the, the son is like, what the hell's going on here? And then the, the daughter's just like, there's probably, you know, another great line where she says, you know, she gave half her life to us. Don't you think she deserves a vacation? Yeah. And that really tells you where, uh, Rebecca Miller's, uh, coming at this story is that like, uh, you know, when you finally decide to, uh, Live for you know live for yourself, but then again, there's, again, there's a moment where I think some movies that have that where like you know live for yourself, it's like screw other people. But instead, mm-hmm. I like how there's a line where she says like, you know, I'm not abandoning you. I'm just yeah. going on a trip. Like I, I like that. Yeah, and I mean they're adults; they can handle themselves. They have their own lives. It's not like she's right. not gonna ever keep in touch with them. It's just her, you know, deciding. All right, this is this is what I'm gonna do, and you know. I'm going to see the world finally. Definitely. And so I think that's where, uh, so in the end, I just think, yeah, it's like, again, I think we've, uh, really covered it is that it's, it is a, it's a well put together movie. It's, it could have just been, there's just some things that could have, uh, it's one of those classic things where you see the, uh, classic, you know, great version of the movie. And then that can be a little frustrating, but in the end, I think, I still think it's worth, uh, checking out just because, again, like we said, that it's it's a story we don't get very much from this perspective and from this, uh, you know, this this kind of uh, filmmaker. So it's I think no, it's and out. and this this director, I I guess she wrote the ball, she wrote and directed the Ballad of Jack and Rose, which is like the Daniel Day Lewis uh, film, and I don't I can't remember if it won Academy Awards. I just I just recognize that name, that movie name a lot. It comes up a lot on, you know, uh, like, these are movies you should watch. So I think it's kind right, of, I think she obviously knows, you know, 
she she knows filmmaking and she's made a couple other f- movies and they are you know generally pretty well received so i think she's i think this is maybe just an adaptation you know just too much fluff fluff in there but i i really enjoyed the movie and i really enjoyed what it was doing and it worked in when it needed to work the most right yeah and it's because yeah rebecca miller is uh also, yeah, married to Daniel Lee Lewis, which is why. Ah, uh, oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that part. I didn't dive that deep into the Wikipedia page, but that would make sense. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I haven't seen any of other her other movies, and there was enough in here that worked that I makes me want to go uh, check out her other ones. So, yeah, uh, for sure. Then, I, yeah, I think you know, I would. I enjoy the the movies. That, I enjoy good movies. I enjoy bad movies, and I enjoy. Movies that, you know, are trying to do something. And this movie is trying right. to do something. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I definitely respect when... Because you can always tell when a movie... Uh, there's even been movies you know, that we've covered here with uh, Keanu where, like, you can... Where he's been in it where you, like, you don't see the point of it. But here, it's, it's one of those things where you, like, you definitely see what drew these uh, actors to want to tell this story. And even even in the parts that doesn't work, it's still... It's one of those things where you can tell the intention was definitely there, and it wasn't something that they. Uh, it's not. A, it, it doesn't make you wonder why it exists. Like it's, it, it, it makes you. Yeah. No, it, it's like the you could tell that when it wasn't really like a cash grab for any of these actors, or like you know, oh, right. I'll get this much for working for two days. I think you know, probably reading the script and you know. Here, knowing that director and the other movies she's done, it probably are like, oh yeah, this seems like a really earnest story, and I appreciate like the I appreciate this character and being a part of it. You know, it would uh, it I appreciate this director and the story that they're trying to tell. You could see like the an actor being like drawn to it for that reason. Definitely. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Uh, so before before we uh, sign off here, uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug of the, where people can find your stuff? Uh, yeah, so I write occasionally for fthismovie.net, and I have a podcast occasionally with uh, Mike Splat from Splat House uh, <laughs> uh, called How Do You Not Know About Romantic Comedies, and you can find me on Twitter at L-E-X-Y underscore M-Y-R-A-N-D-A, Lexi underscore Miranda. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Lexi. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Uh, Join me next time. We'll be discussing Generation Um. Uh, Until then, keeping excellent to each other. Bye.